0: Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to RUF. It's 2019. We're still here. We're doing it. Hey, um, I, I'm, I'm so, I've been really looking forward to this night, uh, p- partially because I just really love when this group of people like gets together to hang out. I think it's really fun. And so I, I, I want you to know that um, I'm really glad that you're here. This, this community is really important to me. I know it's really important to, to many of you. Uh, And I know that a lot of you guys are starting this semester with uh, new hope and excitement and enthusiasm uh, for what is coming up. And and I know that some of you guys are starting this semester uh, feeling pain and hurt and heartbreak. uh, And that wherever you are coming tonight, that we're going to try to be a community that's there for each other. And that's caring for each other, and that's honest with each other, and that's loving Towards each other, and that's one of the reasons I'm really excited about what we're going to be talking about this semester. We're going to be spending this semester going through the Psalms, and, and there's a lot of reasons why it's, why it's a good idea to spend time in the Psalms. This is a kind of a, a big book of the Bible. It's right in the very middle of your Bible. Easy way to find it, right after Job. Um, and there's a 150 Psalms. We're, we're not going to. I actually thought about like, what if we met 150 times this semester? We, but I, I couldn't. I couldn't figure it out. Uh, so we're, gonna, we're just going to go through one, one each week. But the, the Psalms have always been uh, at the very center of the worship and community life of God's people. Uh, they, they always have been. For thousands of years, God's people have been gathering around uh, these songs. And, and what the Psalms really are are songs. This is the hymn book of the people of God. This is what the people of God would gather together for thousands of years and sing together. And so it's good that we're going to be gathering around these together this semester. Uh, one of the, there's another couple of reasons I'm excited about going through the Psalms. Uh, a lot of you in this room tonight are Christians, uh, which means that you believe in God, and you believe that God sent his son Jesus Christ to come into this world because he loves us. You believe that Jesus died on the cross taking on himself the the punishment that we deserve because of our sins so that we could be forgiven and free, and that he rose from the dead so we might have eternal life and a life of hope now. Uh, You believe that, and you think it's important, and you might even think it's the most important thing in your life, and you might even say it's the very center of your whole life. Uh, For most of us, even though we would say that, we don't really know what that means. We don't really know how to live that out. We don't really know how to make the connection between what we believe and how we live. We have this sense that our relationship with Jesus is something that is real and important, but we don't really know how to go about doing it. And the Psalms are going to help us. Because that's what they are. They are an avenue to connect with Jesus. And so I'm excited about that for you if you're a Christian. Uh, some of you here tonight are, are not Christians. You, you don't believe in God or you're not sure what you believe in God and you have questions about what he's like and what a life of faith might look like. And if that's you, I'm really glad you're here too because I don't think there's really any better place to look to try to uh, discover and uncover what that might mean than by looking at the Psalms. So, so no matter where you are, I'm really glad that you're here. I'm really glad to be looking at the Psalms together. One of the incredible things about God is that he is a God who speaks. It's one of the hallmarks of of what he is like is that he is a God who speaks. In the beginning, he spoke and creation leapt into existence in response to his voice. He calls out to Adam and Eve in the garden with his voice. He speaks to Abraham, telling him, I'm going to bless you so that through you all the families of the earth... Will be blessed. He speaks to Moses, who hears his voice when he encounters this burning bush in the wilderness. All through the Bible, God is speaking to his people through the prophets, through these guys like Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel. And then in the fullness of time, this speaking voice of God wraps flesh around itself and is born into the world as a man, the Lord Jesus, the living word of God who in everything he does and says amplifies the voice of God to us and now here we are in 2018 and God's word still speaks to us through the Bible and one of the things that you'll hear me say every single week when I read this Bible is you'll hear me say this is God's word and I'm not just saying that because I think it sounds good I'm saying that because he is speaking to us through this word which is alive. And the unique thing about the Psalms is that unlike any other part of the Bible, the Psalms are given to us to speak back. They're given to us as a gift to respond, to reply, to speak back to the God who speaks to us. And we really need that. Because this hearing, this responding, and this speaking back, that's what Christians call prayer. That's what it is hearing and speaking back to God. That's what prayer is. And that's what is at the center of this relationship with Jesus that we talk about. And so we're going to learn a lot about how to do that here in the Psalms. Prayer is going to be the focus of our time this semester. So uh, with that said, I'm going to start, we're going to start with Psalm 1. Like I said, the Psalms are a collection of 150 songs uh, and they're organized on purpose. And Psalm 1 is put at the beginning, even though some of these Psalms are written by different people. In different parts of time, someone 1 is put at the beginning on purpose because it's really the gateway to this life of prayer, to this life of knowing God. So I'm going to read uh, Psalm 1, and I, and I ask you to read along with me. Um, if you have your Bible or if you have your handout, it would be great for you to follow along as I read Psalm 1. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks... Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This is God's word that's spoken to you. It's absolutely true, and he gives it to us because he loves us. Let me pray, and then we'll keep going. Lord Jesus, thank you for the gift of this night. Thanks for the beautiful voices that we get to sing together with you and to you. Lord, thank you that you are a God who speaks to us. I pray that you would give us ears to hear tonight, and thank you that you invite us to speak back to you. Please help us to grow in our relationship with you through the Psalms this semester, so that we might love you more and love each other. Pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. What, what I want to do is I want to look at Psalm 1 tonight and I want to uh, point out kind of three pillars that it gives us to teach us about prayer. Okay? I want to talk about the promise of prayer, the process of prayer, and then a picture of prayer. Okay? The promise of prayer, the process of prayer, and the picture of prayer. So first, the, the promise of prayer. Uh, when I was a new teenager, a movie called The Matrix came out. And uh, the the matrix starts with this guy, Mr. Anderson, and he. This is Keanu Reeves. This is whoa. That's 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 neat. That's this guy, Mr. Anderson. Okay. And Mr. Anderson lives this really dull, boring life. He's a computer programmer, and he's bored all the time. And he feels like n- nothing in his life is really worthwhile. And, and one day, this strange, uh, this strange group of people kind of reveal themselves to Mr. Anderson, and they take him with them in, in in their car, and they take him to a building to meet a man named Morpheus. And Morpheus tells him what he has already had a sense of before, that everything that he is experiencing in his life, the people he knows, the places he eats, the job he has, that none of it's real. It's fake. It's a prison. It's an illusion. And he he tells that there is something truer underneath that. And he wants to show it to him. And so what he does is he, he takes out this little box and he puts these two pills in his hands. And one of them is a blue pill and one of them is a red pill. And he gives Mr. Anderson this choice. He says, if you take the blue pill, you'll wake up tomorrow in your own bed and you can believe whatever you want. But if you take the red pill, the way he says it is, you stay in Wonderland and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. If you take the red pill, I'm going to show you the truth. If you take the red pill, I'm going to show you what life is really like. And he says, there's no going back. Once I show you the truth, nothing in your life will ever be the same again. Which one are you going to choose? That's what Psalm 1 is. Psalm 1 is a red pill. Psalm 1 is saying there is something true, something real that is underneath The lives that we go around, do you want to know it? Do you want to see it? Will you follow me into this real thing? And this real thing, this real truth that is promised in Psalm 1 is summed up in this one word, the very first word of Psalm 1, the very first word of the Psalms blessed. That's the promise. The psalmist is saying, if you follow in this path, which I'm going to lay out here in this psalm and through the rest of the psalter and through the rest of God's story, if you follow this path, the promise is that you will move more and more towards this this amazing state called blessedness. And this word blessed, at this point in the psalms, we're going to talk each week about what that means more and more. But at this point, at the very beginning, we, we don't really know what that means, right? What does it mean to be blessed by God? Sounds good. Sounds exciting, sounds intriguing, but, but what is it? And really what we've got here is, is both an invitation and a warning. And the invitation is this. God is saying, I want to bless you. I want to feed you. I want to give you fullness of life in truth and goodness and beauty and love. I want to give that to you if you will follow me. Will you follow me? That's the invitation. Now here's a warning. If you take the red pill... You'll never be able to go back. And your life will be changed. And so I feel like I have to tell you, at the beginning of a semester like this, that you, you probably should not come back to RUF this semester. You probably should not be reading the Psalms this semester if you are not willing to expose yourself to being shaped and changed by God and his word. Because that's the endeavor that we are on here in the Psalms. That's the promise that God says, I I want to lead you into that. So that's my first question is, will, will you come along with that? Are you open to that? You don't have to. You can wake up in your bed tomorrow and believe whatever you want. But if you follow this path, and I think you should, things will not be the same for you. Because the Psalms are going to open us up in ways that we have not experienced before. That's the promise. Of prayer. Second, the process of prayer. What is the process that leads to this blessedness? Well, here is what it says in verse two. I'll, I'll read. I'll read one and two together. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Here is the process. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. On his law he meditates day and night. The law, this is, this is just a word, it's Torah, you've probably heard of. It just means in the instruction the word of God, the law of God. Meditate on it day and night. That's the process. Meditation. Now I don't know what you think of when you think of meditation. I think of Ace too, if we're being totally honest. Where he sort of like is able to transcend into this cloud-like ethereal plane and then talk to other people who can also transcend in there. Maybe you think of uh, something a little more less sacrilegious than that. Some, some Eastern religious monk in kind of orange robes who's trying to empty his mind of all thoughts. Christian meditation is the opposite of that. We're not trying to empty our mind. We're trying to fill our minds with God's word. That's what Christian meditation means. That means it's not just like reading a chapter of the Bible a day. Here's what Eugene Peterson says. He says it's involving your whole self in the ingestion and digestion of of the word of God. Involving your whole self in the ingestion and digestion of words God. So that means it's seeing it with your eyes and speaking it with your mouth and hearing it with your ears and repeating it to yourself and muttering it to yourself over and over again until it sinks past the things that are distracting you and your to-do lists and your desires and your phone and your homework and your Netflix And it starts to affect and help you pay attention to what you're feeling, what you're thinking, what you're desiring, what choices you're making, how you live your life. That's that's what it means. There's nothing magic about it. It's involving your whole self, all of your senses, all of your attention on God's word so much so that when your mind starts to wander, the thing that it will start to wander to more and more often and sooner and sooner is the word that you've been meditating on. And God says that as you start to do that, this promise becomes yours. Blessedness actually becomes yours. Um, and, And the other thing, when I think of meditation, I think of like something totally serene, like totally peaceful, like totally calm. I want to read you some of the opening lines for some of the Psalms. And you tell me what these sound like to you. Here's Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? Psalm 3. O Lord, how many are my foes? Many are rising against me. Psalm 4. Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. Psalm 5. Give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my groaning. Psalm 6, we're gonna keep going. Oh, Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. Here's Psalm 10. Why, O oh Lord, do you stand far away? Does it sound serene to you? Does it sound calm to you? It sounds honest to me. And one of the beautiful things about the Psalms is that they give voice to the entire spectrum of human emotions, and they are explosively honest representing every single emotion you can imagine. Longing, anger, jealousy, disappointment, thankfulness, gratitude, joy, excitement, loss, victory. God gives us words to meditate on and to speak back to him that cover the entire range of what it means to be a human. And so one of the things that we're going to do this semester is we're going to practice meditating on the psalms together. That's what we're going to do in large group each week as we look at another psalm And that's what we're going to do on Wednesday mornings at 9 o'clock in Commons 2.14. If you want to learn more about this, come check out our midweek prayer. That's what we're going to do. We're just going to practice this together, just like God's people have done over and over and over again. We're going to take part in this process with the hope that God will lead us more and more into blessedness. So we've got a promise of prayer in the process of prayer. And lastly, the picture of prayer. What is the picture that God gives us of what it looks like to follow this process in pursuit of this promise? Here's verse 3. He is like a tree. It's a tree. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. What's it like to be a tree? planted by streams of water what's it like well it's you've got this constant connection to a source of nourishment and food and it's strong and stable and unshakable and firm even when winds come because it's roots go deep and instead of getting smaller and weaker it gets stronger and taller Its leaves absorb the warmth of the sun and the power of the sun, turning it into energy. It bears fruit. Good and beautiful to behold things come from it that give life to other things. That's what it's like to be a tree. Is that how you would describe your life as this semester gets going? Are you like a tree? Do you feel connected to a constant source of nourishment or do you feel alone and disconnected do you feel strong and stable or do you feel weak and broken do you feel the warmth and affection of god's smile on you or do you feel loneliness and shame and guilt do you feel like good and true and beautiful things are blossoming in your life that are giving life to others you feel worthless and useless. Don't you want to be like a tree? (laughs) I do. That's a picture that God gives us. As we embrace and accept the invitation to this promise, and as we embrace this process of meditation on God's word, this is what we are turned into. A strong tree that bears fruit. So as, as we consider this stuff this semester, as we begin this, I want to give you three suggestions, okay? Three suggestions for this semester, okay? You ready? Here's the first one. Read a psalm every day this semester. They're, they're mostly really short. It will be really easy for you to do, okay? Read a psalm every day this semester. If you're feeling really saucy, read two. Read one when you wake up and one when you go to bed. If you, if you do that... A few of you are feeling that. I like it. If, if you do that, uh, you'll read through the whole, the whole of the Psalms in this, in this semester, maybe going in the spring term. Probably skip a few days here and there, right? Re- read the Psalms every day of the semester. Okay, let's do that together. That's my first suggestion. Here's my second suggestion. When you read the Psalms, read them out loud and read them more than once. It's really, really important to start to learn how to do that. Because then you're not just using your eyes, you're also using your mouth and you're also using your ears. You just tripled your senses with which you are taking in God's word. If you do it twice, you just went from one sense to six senses. As you start to do that, you'll be changed. Your ability to pay attention to God's word will increase. And that's what we want, right? That's the process. So read them more than once and read them out loud. You can read Psalm 1 out loud twice. In about four minutes. Okay? I'm not asking you to do anything radical here. I'm talking about I'm talking about four to six minutes. Okay? That's my second suggestion. Here's my third suggestion. Go find a tree and look at it sometime this week. I'm serious. Go find a tree. Sit on your back porch. Sit on the sit on the colonnade once the snow melts. Go up on the parkway. Go on the Woods Creek Trail or the Chessie. Go find a tree and look at it. And I want you to think about what makes that tree a tree. What makes that tree stay there year after year? What makes that tree have its leaves turn green year after year? We're good. we fine. Just going to let the band deal with that. what is it like to be that tree and I want you to pray and ask God to give you the grace and mercy to move in the direction of that kind of strength and that kind of fruitfulness and that kind of connection to nourishment the beautiful thing about this psalm is that the the first step in growing in this relationship with Jesus is not some otherworldly ethereal thing it's something that you've probably seen every day of your entire life it's a tree that's easy, that's low hanging fruit we know what that's like right? I hope some of you guys will go and sit in front of a tree for 30 minutes this week. And maybe read Psalm 1 out loud to yourself and think about trees and ask Jesus to be near to you. In the summer of 2008, Maggie and I were finishing up our wedding plans. I, to be honest, did not have very many responsibilities during this process. One of my jobs was to plan the getaway car from the reception a very important job. I took this job pretty seriously because, uh, I was going somewhere that I was really excited about going my honeymoon. And so I wanted to get there in like as cool and stylish and awesome as a way of a way as possible. Right. Now, some people, uh, leave their weddings in like fancy old time cars and some people leave in limos and some people leave in, um, horse drawn carriages. Right. Uh, all I knew was that Maggie probably did not want to leave in my 2001 Nissan Xterra, which was awesome, by the way. <laughs> and um, so I decided that uh, I would borrow. Thankfully, I had this friend Mike Lloyd. He actually was a VMI cadet, one of the few brave VMI cadets who came to WL RUF in the kind of 2000 to uh, 5 and 6 and 7 time range. And he had a uh, Honda S2000 convertible, and he offered to let me get away from my wedding with my new bride in the honda s2000 with the top down and so uh we have we have our wedding it was beautiful we have our reception it was up at uh, castle house right next to the ruins liberty hall ruins and we're leaving and uh, i remember walking uh kind of through all our friends and family and we had a I don't know why why this why we did this. Someone had decided they would donate birdseed so people could like throw it, but all our friends were like chucking it in our faces. <laughs> I found I was like finding birdseed in my shoes like two years later. It was unbelievable. And we finally get to this cool convertible, and I rev the engine and I peel out of there, and I'm just so pumped to drive this thing for four minutes to Applebee's where we're gonna transition <laughs> to my 2001 Nissan Xterra, which was awesome by the way. <laughs> But it was this really beautiful moment. Like, I'm going somewhere that I really can't wait to get, and I'm taking an awesome way to get there. And the sad thing was I had to, like, give the keys away back to Mike and get in our car and head on our way. The, The beautiful thing about God is that he actually wants us to have the best way possible to get to the place we want to go. And the place that we want to go is blessedness, is connection to Jesus. And he gives us the keys to a Ferrari to get there. And we don't have to give the keys back because he gives us the Psalms. He gives us the perfect, best, most exhilarating, most honest way to talk to him. To speak back to the God who has spoken to us. And so that's what we're going to do this semester. And that's the invitation that I have for you to come along with the rest of this community is we want to We want to get to this place of blessedness, and we want to drive this car of the Psalms to get there. And as we do, as we express the fullness of our hearts back to God, I think it's going to change us. That's my prayer. Let's pray, and then we'll finish up for the evening. Lord Jesus, I'm I'm so grateful for this time, and I'm so grateful for the gift of the Psalms, because uh, our hearts are so complex and filled with so many things, and we want to know you better. We want to follow you more. We want to experience you more. Thank you that you have given us the best way in these songs to express ourselves back to you who has spoken to us in love. Lord, please lead us by your grace and mercy further and further into that blessedness. Jesus, we pray in your name. Amen. Amen.